Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And then there was three. Three days, that is, until the start of the NFL Draft 2022 right here in Las Vegas. Lots of stuff going on between now and then. Of course, there's been a ton of stuff going on leading up to this point. But, man, we are at the at the finish line. We're just about at the finish line, and I'll tell you, it can't get here any sooner. I'll be excited when it comes. I'll be excited when the whole thing is going on, and I'll be equally as excited when it's all done. I'll be excited when we join the show next Monday, and we're talking about who the Raiders selected who they have added to the roster, who are the undrafted free agents that they added, and then you can start to take shape and say, okay, this is what's going on. This is the deep dive into this player, that player, the other. That's going to get here really quickly. Next Monday, cannot wait to be able to break all that down, have guests on the show that break down the actual players that the Raiders have got. But hey, look, just a couple more days before we find out where all these different players are going to go. So uh, we're going to do it real big here as we have this whole offseason, this whole draft season here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, my partner in crime is Damon Cotton. He's behind the wheels of steel. And uh, your boy Q here, live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And Damon, are you close? Are you close to the finish line? Are you feeling Ready to get to that finish line. Oh, I'm so ready for Thursday. Not only Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. And then that Monday, that's going to be, you know, like we always say, like a kid on Christmas. Right. But it's almost going to be like that back to school feeling, that first day of school to show everybody all the new stuff. Right. Because it's one thing to get it. Yeah, yeah. then you got to tell everybody about what you got. Got to tell everybody about it. You got to show it off. You got to wear all your, you know, your first first day of school clothes on the first day of school. You know, I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to go show everything off and talk about it. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And, of course, we have wall-to-wall coverage uh, of the 2022 NFL drafts, rounds one through seven, uh, right here on Radio Nation Radio 920, starting at 3 o'clock on Thursday. JT the Brick, Eric Allen, Jason Fitz, they're going to provide the pre-draft show up until 5 o'clock when the draft starts on Friday. The pre-draft show will be JT, Eric Allen, and myself starting at 2 o'clock, leading you up to the the beginning of the the second round, which is at 4 p.m., and then we're going to do a post-draft show immediately following the conclusion of day two, and then, hey, it doesn't stop there. Day three, early in the morning, myself and Eddie Pascal, we're going to actually do a a pre-draft show starting at 8 a.m., and then we'll do a post-draft show following the conclusion of the draft as well. So as I mentioned, man, wall-to-wall coverage Thursday, Friday, Saturday, somewhere in there, Damon. I got to figure out when I'm going to get my hair cut. Oh, yeah, because that early I mean, that's a priority around here, man. You know, you got to get the haircut. That's got to be a priority. What time do you usually – because I know you said 9.45 is usually when I go. So I'm thinking – I'm thinking that me and Eddie are going to rock the the show Saturday morning from 8 to 9. And then at 9, I'm going to leave the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, make a beeline over to my barber, get the haircut, and make a beeline back to the to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and be ready to rock and roll. So I'm sure I'll spend some time watching the draft in the barbershop. But that's, I mean, that's the plan right now because I oh, got to get you, it done. You got plenty of time because, like oh, you said. Oh, that's what you say. I that's mean, what you it's going to have to be like the high end buy, like as soon as like the mics, the mics turn off. Right. You just got to run out of there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, Eddie, that was great. 
boom, here's my computer, leaving it here. I'll be back. Gotta go. Gotta roll. But uh, yeah, man, because that's look, priorities gotta be gotta be had, man. Gotta have your priorities in life and Hitting the barbershop every single week is definitely one of my big-time priorities. But if you were to not get this haircut on Saturday, what would go wrong? Um, I'd have to shave myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would literally have to shave myself. I'd have to pull out the old handy clippers and uh, and shave myself. I don't like to shave with a, a straight razor because I don't want to get razor bumps. I'm, like, deathly afraid of getting razor bumps, so I just use the clippers to do it. So I got a little electrical uh, one that I could use, but I prefer not to. I prefer to go get the haircut. And... Then on top of that, you know, the lineup gets a little gets a little squirrely as well. You know, you gotta you gotta hey man, look, if you're gonna be out in the public, you gotta you gotta look like you're gonna be out in the public, right? Hold on, let me tell you something about something I did this weekend that you would never do. Okay. All right. Wore so a hat? I, no, no, no. Okay. I've got a friend, you know, you always wanna support the friends in whatever endeavors that they have coming oh, up. No. My boy Lamar. He's in barber school. Oh, no. So he needs some. I was like, you know what, man? No. What's the worst that could happen? I can tell you what the worst could happen. It's just here. It'll grow back. If you had a friend, let's say your boy Corey, if he's like, yo, Q, I'm trying to be a barber. I've been at it for a couple of months. Can I I practice on the head? No. (laughs) I made that mistake one time in life. I was still a young cat, and I let a female cut my hair because she said that she, you know, oh, I cut hair at school all the time. She was away at college and she was back home. Oh, I cut, I cut people's hair at home all, or at, at school all the time. And I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Like, yeah, nah, nah. I, I like to go to the barber. Oh, come on, come on, come on. So after some convincing, I finally said, all right, well, what the hell? I'll go ahead and roll the dice once. Look, I wasn't always married. So I was like, hey, look, okay, I'll, I'll roll the dice once. I'll go for it. I remember I said, mom, look. So and so cut my hair. My mom goes, mm. <laughs> "Oh no, <laughs> you're bad." <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe okay, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Never gonna do that again. So no, 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 no. Every once in a while, the wife will say something like, "Oh, I can, I can trim something up for you." No, no, I'm good. I've learned that lesson. Been there, done that. Not gonna do that again, ever. But I do have, I do have the contingency plan. Next week, I do have a, an appointment scheduled with my regular barber. Yeah, see, that. See, you have a lot of hair, though. That's the problem. You have a lot of hair. So if, if your guy messes you up bad, and I really can't tell because, you know, I just can't tell because you got headphones on. But if they mess you up bad, you might have to bring it all the way down. It's been growing for a while. You got the Josh Jacobs look going. I was thinking about that, but they have the instructors there. You know, he would like somebody would come by every now and again and be like, oh, man, you're doing it right. All you got to do is just zoom, zoom, zoom. It's like, see that you, but you know what you're doing. It was a, uh, it was interesting. I'll say that. No, no, it's all bad. It's all bad. No, no, no barber school for me. I'm good. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and pay the extra, extra few dollars just to go ahead and make sure that it is certified that I got the stamp of approval from, uh, from my barber. But hey, we're not going to talk all things hair. We could, but we're not going to talk all things hair here on the show today. We have a loaded show as we do each and every day. Coming up at two thirty, Ryan Roberts from the Believe Podcast Network, RiseandDraft.com. You can find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. He'll join the show, and this is the week of you don't believe anything you hear. Like any report, any rumor that comes out, you really don't believe it right now because you just don't know what smoke. You don't know what teams want another guy to drop. Uh, they want to throw off the the scent of one player that they're really interested in and, and try to talk and hype up someone else. This is when you're going to hear the most bizarre scenarios and stuff like that. So we'll talk to him about this week. We'll also talk to him about trades. That's something that we haven't talked to too much about is trades. And, and I don't mean the Raiders trading back up into the first or second round. What I mean is, one, can veterans be on the move? If there's some veterans like Debo Samuel on the move, if there's a Baker Mayfield on the move, if there's guys like that on the move, how does that impact the draft? You know what I mean? And then there's also teams that have multiple first round picks. I believe like eight teams have multiple picks in the first round. How do they 
impact the first round? Do you see some some trades that they could be making to go up and go get an impact player like the Chiefs, who have two late first round picks? You think they could package those up, move up, and go get a guy that's maybe a shutdown DB or someone or a big time edge rusher or a big time offensive lineman? I mean, there's so many different scenarios that are in play. We'll talk about that. The Giants are another team that I'm interested in, not because I'm interested in who they're going to draft, but the fact that they're making a lot of moves. We talked about it last week about Kadarius Tony, him being on the on the trade block. We've talked in great length about James Bradbury being on the draft uh, on the trade block. There's multiple players from that G-Man team that I could see on the move, and it feels to me like they're doing a hard reset because that team is in salary cap jail. They're in a ter- terrible situation right now. Uh, they have a new head coach. I feel like they're going to do a quick, hard reset, try to get all of their books in line, try to get everything going, and then, boom, then take off. So that, that's a scenario that could come into play as well. Exactly. And then next year, I think everyone's saying that next year is going to be a better draft, and maybe it'll be a better quarterback draft, too. Right. And this might be the last year they have with Daniel Jones. Very well could be. It very well might want to be you know what I mean because I haven't seen anything from him that just tells me that he's going to be the guy and you know that goes for Jalen Hurts as well in Philadelphia I think Jalen Hurts this could be a, a big time year for him where he's really got to go prove it he's going into year three on a four-year deal you know he's got to go prove his worth and see what what he's going to be in this NFL if he's going to be that next guy and uh, anyone who's listened to me for a long time knows that I'm a Jalen Hurts guy uh, I think that he was thrown into the mix a little bit early but uh, I like what he brings to the table so this year is obviously going to be a big year for him as well. So 2.30, Ryan Roberts will join the show at 3 o'clock. Charles Williams, a.k.a. the Chuck Wagon, UNLV's all-time leading rusher. He's been on the show before. He's a guy anticipating hearing his name called on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. He will end up in a camp. That's one thing I could tell you. I don't know when his name's going to get called. Uh, I don't anticipate it being Thursday, but it could be called as early as Friday. It could be called sometime Sunday or Saturday, or he could get a phone call. He could get a phone call from a team saying, hey, we want you to be a part of this team. We want you to come into camp. He will be in someone's camp. I can promise you that. He's going to join the show at 3 o'clock. And also, if you don't if you don't get drafted, some players say that, hey, it's it's beneficial to them. Because let's say three or four teams call you, and you can choose you which can. three or four teams you want You know what's so funny, to. though? It's so funny, and I did a, a radio show this morning with Bart Scott from, uh, from ESPN. We were doing a little ESPN national show right here in our ESPN Las Vegas studios. It was pretty fun. He was an undrafted free agent, and I didn't ask him, but – Everyone that I've asked that's a, that was an undrafted free agent, we all know Bart Scott went on to have a hell of a career in the league. He was a hell of a player. Everyone that I know that has been undrafted, I always say that to them. Hey, sometimes it's better to go undrafted, right? Because, uh, you know, you could pick your own, your own scenario. And they say, no, that's BS. We all want to get the phone call. We all want to get drafted. We all want to get our name selected. Now, it is. You're not wrong. Like, that is better. If two or three teams have interest in you, you could pick the best scenario for you. But ultimately, all these guys want to get selected. Matter of fact, who was the young man out of UNLV that the Raiders had in camp? I forgot his name already. He plays Javen White. Yeah, Javen White. That was the guy that I interviewed. And I said, hey, well, at a certain point, wasn't it better? He goes, nah, that's just what they say. That's just what they say. I wanted to get my name called. I wanted to get that phone call and say, hey, Javen, with the whatever pick, we're about to select you. He's like, that's what I wanted. And I believe that that's what most undrafted free agents want. There's obviously some scenarios that play into that. Uh, like Lyle Collins, when he went with the, uh, to the Cowboys, he went undrafted, but he had uh, he had a case. He had a case that looked like he was going to be under. So he was like, hey, don't draft me. Don't draft me. I just want to be an undrafted free agent because that was a weird scenario. He ended up with the Cowboys. I still can't believe they let him go this offseason, but that's that's just me. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah. So there's certain scenarios where I think that it, it makes sense. But for the most part, I think everyone wants to hear their name called and, and, and be selected. So uh, we'll talk to him. We'll ask him. We'll ask him his thoughts. You know, uh, I, again, like I said, he's going to be 
in somebody's camp. I promise you. He's too good of a player. He's too good of a young man off the field. I mean, he just he brings too much to the table not to be in some camp. And I tell you all the time, only thing you could ever ask for is opportunity. That's all that that's all that he wants, and especially with right. that running back position. We always say that, oh, running backs they're being devalued. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, teams also want to have a couple on hand just in case. Facts. Absolutely right. Absolutely. So uh, Charles Williams, the Chuck Wagon, UNLV running back, and also uh, the all-time leading rusher at UNLV will join the show at 3 o'clock. Then we'll close our guest lineup out at 3.30 with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us to talk about everything going on in town around the draft, including what she was a part of earlier today, which is the lighting of the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. It's now silver and black. Mark Davis was on hand to light it up. And I was excited about that. She asked me, she, she had texted me and said, hey, are you going to be out there? And I was like, no. I got this radio show to do, so I can't, but it's pretty exciting. But then I realized, I was like, it's in the middle of the day. Yeah, I thought about that Kind of missed opportunity, right? Yeah, because you see all the pictures and the videos. It's like, it's going to pop at night. Yeah. But this is a very, it's a night spectacle. Right. It's not a, it's not a, you know, let's do it at noon type thing. And I mean, look, I get it. I get it that they, you know, that's when they had lined up to do it, but I think it would have been cooler as soon as it, it got dark out. But I guess it would be hard for everybody to be there and enjoy it and see the crowd and everything like that. So I guess you have to pick your pick your poisons. But kind of think that they missed an opportunity by doing it in the daytime instead of at night. But she was a part of that earlier today. Yeah, man. But I mean, Mark Davis was out there. Yeah. Fans got to take some pictures. Yeah, that was, was cool. there next to Elvis. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, saw that. I saw that. Matter of fact, Cassie said that uh, she tweeted it out there. You didn't go out to the Welcome to Las Vegas sign if you didn't take a picture with Elvis. So her and Heidi Fang were out there. So that was cool. And again, it's it's a really cool thing. And and uh, I like how they do that. I mean, since I've been here now, they've lit up the the sign a few different times, depending on what's going on. You know, and I, I think that that's really cool uh, that they they don't mind changing in and out the the lights and, and for it to be silver and black for this week. You know, just kind of showing that love to the NFL draft. I think that's great. I think that's really cool. So we'll talk to Cassie about everything, not just the the Welcome to Las Vegas sign, but also what's going on downtown. Uh, you know, the the stage floating on the Bellagio, just all the events that are going on, all the different people that are going to be here from NFL Network to ESPN. Uh, lots of coverage is going to be uh, on the NFL draft. All eyes is going to be on Las Vegas. So we'll kind of get Cassie's thoughts and then also ask her, you know, what uh, what her thoughts are on what the what she thinks the Raiders are going to do. You know, what, what, what what's... What's her expectations? Do they stay there at number 86? Do they move back? Do they move forward? What do they do? That's the million-dollar question that we all want to know. <laughs> well, we'll find out sooner rather than later. We won't find out on Thursday unless they move back in the first round, which I don't anticipate. Jaws would be on the floor. Oh, man, no doubt, no doubt. Because, I mean, you got to get into the first round. They would have to do some things. And when I say do some things, I mean do some things, some big-time moves they'd have to make to get back into the first round. So we'll see. I don't anticipate that at all. But as we know, you never know. You never know what's going on. So that's the guest lineup that we have for you today. Ryan Roberts, Believe Podcast Network. He'll talk all things NFL draft. Charles, the Chuck Wagon Williams will join us to talk about the NFL draft and the process leading up to it for him. A guy who wants to hear his name called over the course of the the three-day event. And then Cassie Soto will close us out at 3.30 talking about everything Las Vegas, everything NFL draft related. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, this topic that I want to bring to the table today, and I'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200, also the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you use that keyword so we get it and not our sister station. We want to make sure that any uh, comments that you get 
we get in return and we get them here so we can uh, share them over the air. Uh, this 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 conversation really started on my podcast when someone called in and asked about when will we consider this this new regime a bust? And I thought, and exactly the look that you just made. I mean, the look that you just made. You were like, uh-huh. you know, what I mean, like if that could make a noise, whatever you just did is exactly how I took it too. But the the thing was the the, the explanation after further explanation, what it was was, you know, there was a lot of hype. There is a lot of hype right now around what's going on with the Raiders front office. We've all talked about it. It's been a great offseason. It's been a fun offseason. All the moves that Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, everyone has been able to make. That's been a lot of fun. Well, we the, the, the person who asked me that question further explained himself and said, look, there was a ton of hype when Gruden returned. There was a ton of hype when Mayock joined the, the crew because, hey, this guy's a draft guru. He's going to knock out the draft out of the park. So I don't want to focus in on the negative because these guys haven't been here long enough for something negative to happen, or at least it hasn't yet, right? There's nothing negative that that I've seen that they've done, so I don't want to focus on that. But I do want to ask the question, how will you know and when will you feel confident that this new regime and this, well, we know the coaching staff. We know when the coaching staff is going to be a success or not. That'll be on the field. That'll be when you start seeing dubs and L's, and, and then you start to say, okay, this guy's definitely know what they're doing. This team is heading in the right direction. But how will you know when you can feel confident enough to say, hey, this front office is a, a huge success? Or a success in general? I feel like the answer, it's already been proven just in this offseason. Because results on the field, wins and losses, right. that's up to the coaches. That's the coaches, staff. right. For sure. But with the front office, you build it and they will come. It's the it's the acquisition of Chandler Jones. You know, it's getting Devontae Adams. Those are the things where it's a win already. Let's use an NBA example, the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Their front office should already think, hey, we did our job. If KD and Kyrie, they should be fired. The no, front office needs to be fired in 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 Brooklyn. They're they they're just as bad as like LA. That James Harden trade was bad, but I mean, when you can get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all the results on the court, that's hey, we did our job. We got you the players. So I feel like for this Raider front office, in that same, we got you the players. We got all the ingredients, like to use the cook example. Right, right. We got you the best example, the the best ingredients on the market. Now it's up to you how you produce it. No, I, I agree. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But again, I mean, these are just early moves. Like, we haven't even hit the draft yet, you know. So, in the draft, you won't really know if these players are good for a while. I mean, like, we feel confident that Nate Hobbs is a really good player. We know Hunter Renfro is a really good player. We know Max Crosby is a really good player. I think I felt pretty confident saying Crosby was a really good player after his rookie year. But still, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some seasoning before you know what these players are going to look like. I mean, is it a case of... These guys go through the draft, and even though they don't have a first or a second round pick, they start in the third round, and then you still come out of the, the draft saying, well, all the experts are saying that this was a really good draft. Or what if the experts come out of the draft and be like, oh, the Raiders reached on all those players, or you know what I mean, or, or the majority of the players, and don't give a good res- uh, a, 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 like a report on what the players are. Not saying that the experts are always right. How many times have we seen the experts say, oh, that's a that's a bad pick and turns into being a really Can't good pick? Can't miss prospect. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I'm not saying that anyone has an exact science. If they did, those people with the exact science would be hired and they'd be knocking everything out the park. It'd be great. But I just thought that it made a lot of sense to, to just kind of flip the question and say, okay, everything we're seeing right now, it looks good, it feels good, it sounds good. Doesn't mean it's always good. So... If there's something that this team and like you said, you feel like okay, they're, they're it's a it's a it's a success already. But is there something else that you would like to see this regime do to make you feel very confident that this is a this this front office is going to be a success or is a success already? Is there something else that needs to happen or multiple things? 
You know what I mean? Like, do you have to do you have to wait until the fifty three man roster is 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 you know released? Obviously, at the end of training camp, and then you go from there. What are what are the thoughts on that? 702-365-9200. Uh, who we got up first? ABA Ivan Davis. ABA Ivan Davis, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. All right, denied. Just kidding. <laughs> ABA Ivan Davis said, I got to go. I've got to go. Not mad at that at all, but you can feel free to hit us up if you want. That's all good. Uh, we can hit the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, how about this one? Come to think of it, Q, did we ever get the years and monies Wait, did we ever get the years and money McDaniels got? Because Gruden's deal was front and center. Uh, that's a good question. I never heard anything about years, money, any of that, which I think is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, think about this. How much was that the conversation for the longest about, oh, Gruden got a 10-year, $100 million contract? Like, that was the first thing that everyone knew way before he even stepped foot probably back in the facility. Everyone's like, oh, this is the contract. This is what got him out the booth. I mean, everyone knew all of that. That's been one thing that people have been pointing out to me that has been something refreshing about the new regime for the Raiders is the fact that we don't know everything. I, I literally had someone call the podcast last year and say, Alex Leatherwood's going to be the pick. And I was like, get out of here. Alex Leatherwood's a second-round guy. But he, he called well in advance and told me that. And I thought, okay, well, we'll see what happens. And then that same person called in and said the Ravens and Raiders were going to play Monday Night Football to start the season. And he was right about that. So there was a lot of things that were getting out of the building one way or the other. And I'm not saying how – I don't know how. I'm just, I'm just telling you that it was on my show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it literally was on my show well in advance of it happening. So for us not to know how long McDaniel's deal is or Ziegler's deal or any of that, I think that's a good thing. That, that may be a, a positive sign of this new regime, that we're not hearing every single thing. How many years did we find out, oh, the Raiders like this player, the Raiders love this player, the Raiders are going to get this guy, and they're going to bring in this. I mean, there's so much that we always hear going into free agency. Oh, the Raiders are going to go make this move. They really like Trent Brown, or they're going to make this move for Antonio Brown. Nobody saw Chandler Jones coming. Nobody. Not one swinging D saw Chandler Jones coming. If you claim that you saw and you had an idea that Chandler Jones was going to be signed by the Raiders, I'll call you a liar. Because it shocked the mess out of me when I saw it on Twitter. I had to take a double and triple take. Also the Devontae Adams trade. Right. I thought that was dead and gone. I really did. I thought that was dead and gone. And then all of a sudden, boom. I remember I was recording the podcast when it happened. Literally in the middle of it. And the guy I was recording was like, hey Q, you might want to pay attention to this. This is something, and told me live on the show, and I was like, oh, damn, got to go. <laughs> I got some work to do. So I think the fact that we don't know these kind of information, I think that's a really, really good, that's a really good sign. 702-365-9200. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Who we got? Fargo Raider. Fargo! Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, Q and Demond. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you, Q. I think uh, that the silent moves, are a huge night and day. I mean, for the Raider Nation, who's locked in with with the Raiders all season long, we usually catch wind of here and there, this or that. We haven't heard nothing from anybody, right. which is great. And the biggest piece to me, I think we could already call the GM for now a success, pending any, any you know, Floygles. But the fact that Devontae Adams, was a pipe dream in everybody's book. Everybody kept saying, there's no way, there's no way he's not leaving. There's no way they can move the cap around. How are they going to pay him? How are they going to extend Carr and pay him? And they kept going on with that. Not only did we get Devontae Adams 
But like you mentioned, we got a Chandler Jones. And then we did pick up a Rocky Asin through a trade. We did pick up a couple of veteran guys to help with the depth and help bring guys into the fold as far as the system that's going to be in place on both sides of the ball. Right. So, I mean, think about that for a second. How many times have we had guys come in that were old heads to teach new guys stuff, but guys that weren't notable, you know, that notable anymore or had been past their primes? I don't think anybody out there can argue that Devontae is still in his prime. We still got plenty of time to see him ball out in the silver and black, and I'm hoping the same for Chandler Jones. I mean, he started off the season last season with five sacks. Yep. If we get that kind of production and just one game this season, imagine the sack totals push up that much farther. I'm excited about what's going on. I'm cautiously optimistic, but very optimistic. The coaching, we'll see as soon as the bullets start to fly what the team does. Right. I'm going to reserve my judgment For sure. until week 10 because we mm. know we could start out good, but how are we going to continue to do good? Now, thank you for taking my call, and you have a great day. Great stuff, great stuff. And, yeah, I agree on the coaching staff. You definitely have to wait until the Bullets are live and the games are actually being played. But it's interesting you said Week 10 uh, because – and I didn't think about it the way that you just worded it and, and closed up that call right there. Uh, you know, the Raiders have started out really hot traditionally, and then they have finished cold. But they didn't finish cold last season. Last season they were red hot. Didn't get too much better than them. They're 4-0. It don't get too much better than that. But it's a good, it's funny that he uses that example because if this right. team goes three and zero, yeah, start the season, right? People are gonna be calling in. McDaniel's this is the best thing that's ever happened, right? Undefeated, I called it. You'll have the Gangster Raider calls. Of, <laughs> I told you, seventeen and zero, baby. Love, I love when Gangster Raider comes in, calls in, and uh, and 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 shares that uh, the the prediction on the the wins and losses and and the points per game. It's always a good one because uh, you know it's funny is even when sometimes when I say and he he'll tell you when I say ah that's not gonna happen he he, he still believes it. And then when it gets gets there to happen or it happens or gets real close, he's like, told you, told you. I ain't mad. I ain't mad at all. 702-365-9200. Let's get one more call in. Who we got? He's back. ABA Ivan Davis. Oh, okay, okay. He's with us now. ABA, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, I'm going to say uh, year three is, okay. is I mean, for well, one main reason. McDaniel runs a similar offense to John Gruden in, 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 as far as level of difficulty, mm-hmm. understanding. Right. Okay. The first year, you got to give him a pass. I mean, I haven't seen very few people other than Derek Carr master an offense that difficult the first year. Okay. It usually takes a year or two before it starts to click. Okay. And so, uh, so I will start judging them year two. The front office, I think they did their job. Uh, they got the players in. Okay, and they left Carr no excuses to win. I mean, he has everything he needs, okay, to be successful. But you still got to learn that playbook. Okay, right. good thing. Now, some of them, you might be able to go year two because some players, it's going to be very similar to John Gruden, so the language might have to change. So, so, so I think some players will be ahead quicker than others, like Winfrey and them. But uh, you got—I say year. If they're not in the playoffs by uh, trending towards the playoffs by year two, then it's going to be a bust. But I think this is just a different regime. Everything they're doing is, you know, is, is, is by the by the book, is by the Patriot way. And Patriots don't play. If you don't perform, you're done. They let you go quick. 
Okay. Okay. And, and so I, I just I just see them buckling down. If you know anything about the Patriots, it's, it's serious business, and that's why nothing gets out. You think Al was secretive? <laughs> okay. Uh, they 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 super secretive. But anyway. You got more callers in the show to do because I could talk forever about the Raiders. Anyway, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll talk to you later, my man. I appreciate you, ABA. Ivan Davis, appreciate the call, no doubt about it. And I'll say this, and, and we'll take a break with this. Uh, I'm expecting the Raiders to make the playoffs this year. My, that's my expectations. I know everything the ABA Ivan Davis just said. It, it's a, it's going to be a tough playbook. We've heard that already. You know, multiple guys have said that Josh McDaniel's playbook is tough. If you want to learn it, you'll learn it. If you want to master it, you'll master it. If you want to be on top of your game, you can be on top of your game. It's up to the individual. So if you went and picked the right guys, what did Dave Ziegler say? I want the guys that are passionate about football, guys that love football, guys that are going to be accountable and do their job. If you're that guy, you should have this thing down. Yeah, I mean, of course, you want live reps and games, of course, and you're going to get better as it goes along. But a lot of these teams are in the same position. I think that the Raiders should be expecting double-digit wins, and they should be pushing for the playoffs this upcoming season. That's just my thoughts. 228 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking all things NFL Draft. Ryan Roberts, part of the RiseAndDraft.com. You can find Ryan on Twitter at RiseAndDraft, Believe Podcast Network. He'll join the show next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We'll get back to your phone calls and your texts on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and of course, the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. We'll get back to that in a few minutes because right now on the phone lines, we have our guy Ryan Roberts from the Believe Podcast Network, RiseAndDraft.com. You can find Ryan on Twitter at RiseAndDraft. And Ryan, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And here we go, a couple short days away from the beginning of the NFL draft. We talked about it. We've covered it like a glove around here. Now this week comes. How much of this this week should we actually listen to the reports? How much should we actually listen to what is being said about these different prospects? Because we all know this week is lion season. Yeah, man. Now, well, first and foremost, I appreciate you having me. I would say it's about 50-50 this week. You know, if you're going to hear a lot of stuff this, this time of year that's smoke screens. You're going to hear a lot of misdirection. There's, there's going to be a lot of rumors coming down, coming down the hill, you know. So I would say 50-50. Right now there is... This is kind of the time of year where I only listen to things if I'm hearing it from multiple sources, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you're just hearing it from one person, it's not really something that I would hold huge value in. But if you kind of keep hearing it over and over again, that's kind of when the validity starts for me. So this is definitely the funnest time of the year because now you're done, obviously, with the scouting reports and doing your scouting for the for the cycle. But you have to now listen to people kind of frantically freak out about the possibilities could be happening. Right, of course. And we always wonder what's going to happen at the top. Sometimes we have, we're have we very confident. Okay, this guy's going to go number one overall. There's no doubt about it. I remember when I found out that Mayfield was going to go number one overall. I really didn't believe that for a while. And then, well, it, 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 it proved to be true. So uh, with Jacksonville sitting there at number one, I don't think anyone has a clue right now of what they're going to do at the top. Do you have an idea which way they should be leaning in your opinion? 
I mean, in an ideal world, I think trading the pick is the ideal situation to be <laughs> Everyone honest. Everyone wants to trade <laughs> uh, this year, man. With the, with the volume of, of the of the uh, of this class, you know, it's not the, it's not a top heavy class, but there is a lot of players in this year's class. The depth definitely outweighs the top. So, I think Jacksonville is in the market for that. To be honest with you, too, just kind of hearing what Bulky is kind of putting out there. You know, he just sounds very uncertain. Obviously, with who's the top of the board, and I think that's a little bit of the misdirection. You know, I think he's kind of illustrating that, you know, there's a couple of guys that are going to be interesting players. And now people are kind of thinking like, ooh, man, if Trevon Walker might have been my guy in the top five, or Aiden Hutchinson might have been my guy that I wanted to get up to, or, hey, maybe Kayvon Thibodeau is even still in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's trying to create a lot of different possibilities to hope that somebody panics a little bit. Because we're in a, a unique year where there's just no quarterback up top that's worthy of a first overall selection. And that's typically what it kind of demands a trade-up. So if Jacksonville stays there, I do think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. I necessarily would not make that selection if I was the team, but I just kind of pacing everything together, like I said before, with like multiple sources type of thing, I think he's a guy that people are comfortable with. In the typical year, he's probably not near the first overall pick, but... I think that's probably the guy if they stay pat, but I, I really do think that Jacksonville is, is definitely up for a potential trade if, if somebody's going to bite, and I, I, just, I just don't know if it's going to happen, honestly. Talking all things NFL Draft right now with Ryan Roberts from the Believe Podcast Network, RisingDraft.com, here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you mentioned uh, the fact that uh, there's not a whole lot. There's there's talent. There's a lot of talent. But I feel like the, the talent is really, really top-heavy or else it's really deep. But it's not both. You know what I mean? Like, there's elite yeah. guys, but there's only a, a certain amount of elite guys. And then there's just other talented dudes. Would you kind of say that that's, that's the, the feeling as well as a lot of separation between the top guys and the lower guys? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I think there's there's a small group up top, like you said. I think Kayvon Thibodeau in a usual world is probably a top-ten caliber player. I think Kyle Hamilton is in that similar vein, even though he's a guy that's being talked about, you know, moving down the board a little bit. Derek Stingley, if he's healthy, is probably in that conversation. Evan Neal in most years is a guy that's, you know, with that, with that profile is a guy that's up top. But it tapers really thin very quickly. You know, it really does because there's no quarterbacks up top. Uh, wide receivers, I think it's a really good class, but I don't know if, I mean, they're def- I mean, like, I love Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, but he's not Jamar Chase, obviously, right? Like, there's just not that next tier of players. So I think that there's a very small kind of elite, quote-unquote, blue-chip, quote-unquote, up top, and then it really tapers off. But I think that that's when you get into, like, th- this is the best year that I've ever scouted as far as, like, day two grades. I have so many second- and third-round grades that I think that it's going to move into day three where, those guys are going to be picked in the fourth and fifth round, maybe even a little bit later, that I probably had a day two grade on. So I, I think that's where the depth of this class is, absolutely. Yeah, Ryan, on the most recent edition of the NFL Draft Prospects podcast, you guys were talking about betting on the draft. Now, what goes into betting on the draft? Because for me, after maybe betting on the first pick, what else is there? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, there's, there's over-unders, uh, which is always fun. Draft, select, draft slots is a lot of fun, usually. Um, for instance, I made... I made a, a nice little bit of coin, not not to like go over a little bit, but like I got the Trey Lance being the third overall pick last year. I got the um, uh, J.C. Horn being the first defender off the board, and the, un, the under on his drafts, which I think he was like ten and a half. So I usually like doing the the uh, the over unders as far as draft slots. That one's a lot of fun, actually, man. It's it's pretty cool to kind of see where guys could be potentially slotted because you see a lot of guys this type of year where you're like, really, like that's the draft range that people think he's gonna go. Like Arnold Avakedi for me. You know, from Penn State's a guy I like, but like his 
swear prop at least on uh, Ben Online was like 32 and a half. I was like, really? Like, some people think he's going to be a first-round pick. Oh, that's, that's very interesting. So those over-unders are kind of my favorite as far as uh, some of the prop bats this year. Okay, so if you had to give us one that you really like, what would it be? Because I do see what you were talking about, that despairing like um, distress, uh, contrast between what the mock drafts have and what the betting sites have. So what's one that you think is going to be a lock? Oh, man, uh, this one's an easy one, in my opinion. I don't know if it's the same across the boards, but if you go to bet online, there is an over-under and a number of SEC players drafted in the first round. It's only like 10 and a half. Man. Oh, wow. I'm like, really? 10 and a half seems very – I mean, because like on a traditional sense – if you're an SEC player, you've played a ton of football, a certain amount of games, you're a first-round lock, you know, pretty much, as long as you're a high-caliber player. So, like, I'm thinking Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, you know, Derek Stingley, maybe Kyer Elam, some of the wide receivers. Like, I'm just like, really? Like, it's 10.5 is a really low number. Evan Neal moving over the offensive line. Like, I, I think that that one's a very easy smash. Hit the over on that 10.5 on better line. I I can't imagine that any other sports book is very far off from that number. So it, it, I, that was the first one I popped. I was just like, really? Like the SEC only t- under 10? Like who's going to bet under 10 and a half? <laughs> that just seems outlandish to me nowadays. It really does. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out because now you got that number stuck in my head. And uh, as we all know that you can pretty much bet on everything and anything. We're talking right now with Ryan Roberts from the Believe Podcast Network here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, as far as the Raiders are concerned, you mentioned, you know, there's some uh, a lot of talent, you know, in round two and round three, round four. The Raiders don't pick till round three, pick number 86 currently as it stands. Uh, how, mu- how how deep of a, of a class is it in that round three, in that sweet spot? I mean, where, where's the Where's the most talent coming from? Like, what what positions? Yeah, I, I think defensive end is a huge one. Obviously, we've talked in nauseam at this point that the edge position, I mean, you're moving into guys like in that range, maybe a MyJ Sanders from Cincinnati, maybe a D'Angelo Malone, Malone from Western Kentucky. He's a guy that I like a ton. Maybe an Alex Wright from UAB. Like, you can get pass rushers throughout this draft, honestly. Like, <laughs> moving into day two, even into day three. I think cornerback is, is, a, is a spot there, you know, too. You're going to get guys that are, you know, maybe viewed as more developmental-type players like a Joshua Williams from a Fayetteville State, but I think has really high starter upside. Uh, third round and even wide receiver. I mean, there's <laughs> there's going to be guys, man. Like, it's kind of pick your poison as far as, like, what style you like. I mean, if you're like an Alec Pierce type of player who's a little bit of a, you know, boundary receiver in the vein of a Jordy Nelson, or if you want a guy that's a little more of a gadget slot receiver like a Wondell Robinson out of Kentucky. I mean, there's guys all over the place. So I would say pass catchers. Um, cornerbacks and defensive ends, edge players for general. Those are the ones that, for me, I keep watching. I'm just like, that guy is probably not going to the late day two, early day three, and I think he's a really good football player. You know, we all do these mock drafts. We all kind of decide and pencil in, okay, this is going to be the guy at this pick. So, of course, I've done multiple guys. So, uh, for the Raiders at 86, originally I put Tariq Woolen, the, the cornerback out of UTSA. I thought he would be a, a really good one. And then I allowed people to talk me off the edge and say, no, uh, you know, he's going to be too much of a, uh, of a project. He's probably going to go a little bit later than that. So then I settled in with Fedarian Mathis, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. And I think that that's the guy that I'm, I'm penciling in there at 86. Uh, either one of those guys intrigue you at, at pick number 86. Yeah, I, I actually think uh, the opposite on Tariq Woolen. I think he might go a little earlier than Ooh. that because I mean, you just you just don't see six four with four two speed, right? At cornerback, <laughs> that is about as rare as you possibly can find. So I think someone is going to kind of jump at him pretty early because I mean, last year Nation Wright, who I actually liked that Oregon State, he was a surprise guy to go in the third round, and he has tr- similar traits, but I mean, he's not nearly as fast as a guy like a Tariq Woolen. So I think he, I don't even know if he'll be in the range per se. Hmm. Pedaria Mathis for me, like I. 
think he's about as rock solid a prospect as you can find, you know, from the defensive tackle position. I don't think there's anything dynamic about him, right. but I also think that he's just going to be a guy that's one tech knows, like just to go. See, he's going to do his job year in and year out. He's going to be a very quality, quality contributor. Maybe not get a ton of publicity. He's going to be like a Jonathan Hankins type of player, you know, like there's nothing flashy, lunch pail dude, but he just gets the job done. So I, I like him in that spot. I think right late day two is a really good spot for him. Uh, Woolen, though, I, I think it would be a great spot if he was there, someone to throw around. But I just, again, like 6'4 or 4'2 speed, I feel like that, I, that guy is just going to go way earlier than that at this point. That makes a lot of sense. And that's what I was, uh, that's what I was sold on originally. <laughs> you know, so you, you start questioning yourself. You know what I mean? You start reading so much and giving yourself so much information. You start to question yourself on what you're seeing and what you're not seeing. Uh, I feel like that that's, I don't think, obviously, I don't think the teams do that, but I feel like a lot of us will do that. We'll get caught up in the, well, this person said that and this person said this. And then what I see on film looks good, but I just, you know what I mean? I just can't pencil them in where they should go. Yeah, no, it's really tough, man, and especially this year. I mean, Q, for, for just kind of argument's sake here, like a lot of people will do what I just did, you know, which I right. hate doing. It's like that guy's going to go way earlier. That guy's going to go way late. We, we don't really know this year, to be honest. Like this is a very strange year. I think last year an agent told me there were 650-ish players that were eligible for the NFL draft that were, you know, that chose to come out last year. This year it's two, over 2,000. Wow. Like they're, they're, with the extra year of, of COVID eligibility. So just from a pure – volume perspective now obviously all those guys are not going to even be tryout guys a vast majority of them and it's going to get locked in but due to that extra covid year man like this is a very deep and very confusing year and i think that's why a lot of people kind of tuned out a little bit because like there's just so much uncertainty i mean doing a first round mock draft this year is insane calling a guy a lock to be drafted on day three is insane this year like there's just too many guys to kind of keep up with so i mean <laughs> then dame brugler is even throwing out a, a, a guy from Germany that might get drafted. <laughs> We're just like, oh, man, who are we? Well, I, like, there's just too many guys this year, man. It's just hard to keep up with, to be honest. When you say that there's just too many guys to keep track of, and we've seen the Patriots, they made a trade today where they traded back to the 6th and 7th round, just tr <laughs> trying to hit on all of those picks. But the guys who don't get drafted, do we see like that there are still going to be some quality players that maybe they could come in and be an impact, but they just went undrafted because this draft class is going to be so deep? Yeah, no, I I think tremendously. Like I think that there is going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of producers late day three and even UDFA this year. Like I'm not saying that a guy that's drafted UDFA is going to come in and be a starter, but like I think there's there's a lot of scenarios where guys are going to come in and they're going to make teams, and you're just kind of they're going to kind of be off the radar a little bit. But I, I think if anything, this logjam is going to hurt some veterans, you know, who are higher priced veterans or you know mid tier type of veterans that are kind of, you know, on a similar tier to some of these guys who are getting drafted late just because with the volume this year. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of a logjam, but I don't think it's going to hurt necessarily the guys that are going undrafted because at, at the end of the day, the talent is going to rise to the crop, uh, um, rise to the top, excuse me. So I think, if anything, there's just going to be a lot more hits on day three in UDFA this year. I, I really think that this value is tremendously. I keep talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. They're a team that is just fascinating to me because they ended up, you know, they traded Tyreek Hill, which mm -hmm. has been a very controversial thing, obviously, but, like, they have 12 draft picks this year, right. you know, and I think, I think that's what you want this year. You want volume, mm. and then the UDFA, I mean, 
I think they're going to get a lot of players that you're just like, wow, that guy was still there in the fifth round. That guy was still there in the sixth round. I think a lot of teams are going to do that. So it's, it's a really fascinating year, to say the least. No, it really is. It's going to be intriguing. I can't wait till it all gets underway. And uh, I got one more question for you. And you mentioned veterans. How can veterans impact this draft, like a Debo Samuel, like a Baker Mayfield, guys that may be on the move on Friday, on Thursday, uh, to, you know, to just change other teams' positions in the draft? Yeah, I think I think that it's going to be even more fascinating because I don't think there's going to be a lot of trades okay. like from a pick pick to pick perspective this year. Like I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams trading back in the first round because I again I, I for teams to trade back there has to be teams that want to trade up and I just don't think that there's a lot of chips this year that are like demanding to of trade up. So I think it's going to be a little quiet about first round, but then you throw in the Debo layer like. Is, are the New York Jets want to trade their 10th overall selection? Mm-hmm. Possibly. It's Green Bay has multiple first-round picks, so they want to mortgage one of those guys to try to help Aaron Rodgers out in the near future. Very possible. So I think that the veterans, if anything, are going to be the ones that kind of shake up this draft a little bit because, I honestly, it's, it's like the mid-round is going to be a different animal. Late-round is going to be a different animal. But especially that first day, a guy with like a Debo to be a trade chip on the first day, I think that that's going to cause the movement. I don't think it's going to be a pick-to-pick type of swap. Right. I think it's more a player that's going to cause that shakeup for sure. That's what I'm interested in. That is that is the chaos I'm here for. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> exactly. That is going to be exciting. Well, Ryan, great job as always. Uh, do you got something coming out that we need to be on the lookout for in, in, in prior, uh, you know, and lead up to the draft? Yeah, well, um, not as much lead up to the draft. I mean, we'll be doing our draft analysis at the Believe Manifold Draft Project Podcast, but if you want to take a look at the Believe Twitter page, we'll be doing some, some uh, live stream stuff on nice. the day of the draft. So we'll be fully live. Um, during the first round, um, it, the first day, uh, we'll be bringing on guys as the picks roll in. Like when the New York Jets come on, we'll have guys like Lamont Jordan popping on, maybe Pac-Man Jones for the Tennessee Titans. So we'll have some guys that are on the Believe Network that are going to kind of chime in on the state of the, of the team. And then obviously uh, me and uh, Joe DeLeon, who I do the podcast with, we'll be kind of doing the draft analysis as, as the picks roll in. I like it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of excitement, and uh, I'm here for it. So, uh, Ryan, as always, my man, definitely appreciate you. Great work there at the Believe Podcast Network, and thanks for joining the show. Absolutely, Q. Thank you, man. No doubt about it. There he goes, Ryan Roberts. You can find him on Twitter at RiseandDraft, RiseandDraft.com, all part of the Believe Podcast Network. Does a fantastic job, and uh, we're going to tackle this draft every single angle we can, and we have. 2.47 is the time. Uh, still want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. When or what will it take for you to know that this new front office is truly a success? Let us know about it, Raider Nation. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Been asking the question, when will you know, when will you feel confident that the new front office is truly a success that the Silver and Black has now under Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and others? When will you know? Do you feel it right now? Some people do, and it's okay if you do. Let us know about it. We're taking your calls and your texts right now, 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. I like this text right here from Raider 8 Joe one Hey, Q. Hey, Damon. It's all about them rings. The only regimes that are success are the ones that win the Super Bowl. That's why we play. So anything less is not a success. Let's give this new regime all the love, support, and patience they need, and let's reserve judgment for a few years. Win, lose, or tie, Raider Nation till I die, go Raiders. So it's all about the rings. 
It's all about the rings. And at the end of the day, it is. I mean, that's why they play the games is for the rings. But you could tell, I mean, if the, if the team is competitive and they're in the playoffs year after year after year, and I look over and you're wearing a Golden Knights shirt, and so uh, it makes me think when the Golden Knights first got to Las Vegas, they're a very successful team. You know, they went all the way to the, the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost, but they went. And then they went to the playoffs. Now, this year, it looks like the first year that they're not going to make the playoffs, but it feels like up until this point, they've been a very successful organization. Exactly. And then I know that people say rings rings are the only thing that matters, but it does matter, hey, if you make the finals, right. and then you're consistently, hey, then you're in the conference championship. So when you do maybe have that down year, you still have like those good memories. I know that it doesn't mean anything, but you would still rather be that team that's, hey, man, we're there, we're close, we're knocking on the door, made it to the championship game, then right. two and sixteen, like two and fifteen every year. Right. I'll tell you this, man. I mean, the Raiders have been, uh, they have not been frequent visitors to the playoffs, right? I mean, I would take some years of consecutive playoff visits and say, okay, this is all going in the right direction. Let me see that team in the playoffs three years in a row, and I'll, I'll feel pretty stinking good about myself. Like, okay. This is definitely going in the right direction. Again, for what they were able to pull off last year to make it into the playoffs made me feel really good. If they can take that and take that next step, and I do believe that it's a step, even though it's a new regime and a lot of new players, I still believe it's a new step and, and a step that they should be able to take. I don't care if the division's tough. So what? The league is tough. You're going to play tough games. Think about this. If you get through that gauntlet that is AFC West, who's going to beat you? Who are you worried about on the schedule? Who are you going to be worried about in the playoffs, period? If you get through the schedule that you have to face in the AFC West, who really concerns you throughout the rest of the league? And not only the AFC West, the NFC West. Right. Facts. Facts. I like it. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray hit us up with a couple. We're past the building phase. The playoff window is opening, and it's time now to make a Super Bowl run. Can't make the playoffs last year and not get back this year. If the Raiders are serious, it's got to be now. It's just about echoes what we were just saying. I love that text. I really do, because we've mentioned it before. We've mentioned the contracts of Carr. We've mentioned the contracts of Adams. Window, that window that East Bay Raider Gray talks about is wide open like some old school TV antennas right now. Like, it's open. It is open. But you've got to go and jump through that window and get over to the other side. You've got to make that happen. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with East Bay Raider Gray. He said, if it's the Patriots way around here, then no days off, no days off. Playoffs and Super Bowl in this year and the next three years. East Bay Raider Gray, 256 at the time. When we come back, we'd still love to hear from you. Definitely hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Don't call us yet because our next guest to kick off hour number two, Charles Williams, a.k.a. the Chuck Wagon, UNLV's all-time leading rusher, will join the show to talk about everything leading up to the NFL draft and uh, him about to be, uh, you know, achieving his childhood dream to be in the NFL. We'll do all that next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.